0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is the Chester Preview, the Chester May Festival, and I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two expert tipsters, Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding, and making his Odds Checker betting show debut, it's Rory Delarghi. Rory, tell us a bit about yourself for those people who don't already know who you are.
1: Uh, sure, um, I did um, a little bit of work with uh, um, Andy at, uh, at William Hill back in the day, um, started off uh, doing this through Timeform Radio, um, and I've been the Irish Fields UK Racing Correspondent for the last few years. So that's the uh, uh, that's the main title, if you like. Um, so I'm the uh, uh, I represent the Irish Fields in the, the Racing Post stable which I was lucky enough to win last year. And I do a, a daily piece now for the Sporting Life as well, punting pointers.
2: Great. Roy's going to be very modest there, but. His performance in the Naps table last year was uh, stuff of legends. Uh, did you get, <laughs> did you get tri- triple figures in the end, did uh, you get or Oh, a hundred and
1: I was up to one hundred and twenty-two. I think. I think I might have slipped back a few pounds at the end. But yeah, I mean that.
2: I never got a chance to um, sort of praise you because I haven't got your your phone number. I, I, I don't really sort of do much social media stuff. But um, yeah, that that was that was some haul. That was that was. Um, I can imagine you got a few pats on the back, <laughs> off uh, the, off that the back of that. Cleared, well,
0: it,
1: it certainly saved my job for another year. Yeah,
2: you've got plenty of, um, what do they call it, cash in the bank, is it? Yes,
1: yes. yeah. Not real I, cash in the bank, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah.
2: Credit, well, credit well, in the bank. I
0: think I'm sure you do if you're backing your own selections. I, I'm on a WhatsApp group with a couple of mates who who love their racing, and you have a godlike status with them after last year's tipping, Rory. So um, let's hope we get some more, more winners under oh, our realized. belts. Uh, under our belt today uh, for the week's racing at Chester. And it's always, you know, I don't think it would quite be the same without spectators there because Chester is probably the one um, day's racing where the the racing kind of takes a, a, a second spot. But, and it's a cracking festival always. And um, I guess going into it, if people don't know the, the quirks of the track necessarily, what are you looking out for? How important is the, is the draw and all that other stuff that comes with the with Chester race course?
2: I mean, Roy, I tell you, it's massive, isn't it? I think anyone who's been in the game long enough will know that um, the inside draw, particularly in sprint races, is valuable. Um, It's not essential in every single race, but I just think it's all about trying to hold your position and getting into a good track position, isn't it? You you could be drawn one, but if you miss the break and you end up being in behind horses, it becomes um, a a bit of a poison chalice, doesn't it, the one box? Mm, So you, you have to have the horse that is going to hit the lids and has got that early track speed, and it has got a good combination of um you know balance going around the bends. Some horses just won't handle it. Um amazing a lot of our, I know Brian's do. It's as if he's almost got a Chester replica in his back in his back garden, as it were. Because um he's got an amazing record in the in the Chester Vars, which we'll get onto in a second. Uh but yeah, largely speaking, yeah, you know, I don't I wouldn't want to be you know backing horses at relatively short prices that are drawn sort of seven or upwards in in most races.
0: Interesting stuff. Well, we'll get into the racing now. The way we're going to do this is just look at the two main races on each day. So we'll be doing six races in depth, and at the end of each day, I'll ask, I'll ask both Andy and Rory if there are any other things they want to flag up on the day. But we're going to start with the Cheshire Oaks, which is the two fifteen on the Wednesday. And uh, Zayada is the five to two favourite ahead of Delectable You at three to one, Dubai Fountain seven to two, Nicest nine to two, uh Lagerkond, twelve to one. Eighteen to one bar, and Rory. Given it, you know this is your debut. We'll give you first run. to so take us away on the uh, on the Chester Oaks.
1: Yeah, I, I think my first reaction to this is is um, surprised that Dubai Fountain is as big as she is in the betting. Um, she's the best filly in the race on on the figures. Um, Chester's a tricky meeting in that regard. In that in these classic trials, you're almost always looking for unexposed horses who are going to improve um, lumps on what they did last season. Um, so slightly dangerous to um, to rely on on official um, figures, but uh, Dubai Fountain um, has got the run style. Um, she's she's done us all three. She she made most of the running in the Phillies Mile last year. We know that's the that was the strongest bit of juvenile Phillies form um, last season. And yet she's meeting um, horses who've been beaten in maiden races, and she's a bigger price than them. Um, oh, I say them, Delectable You uh, in particular there. So I think she's um, she's a surprisingly <laughs> big price. I didn't expect her to be my selection here but i kind of expected her to be to be favorite um and i think um uh even though you can argue she's fully exposed having had plenty of racing last year her very best effort came on her final start um in a really tough race that philly smile and also a race that, that came on soft ground um the advance going for the meeting is good to firm but there's a lot of rain around i don't mm. know how much of that has hit chester thus far because we don't tend to get updates uh, in the evening, uh, from racecourses uh, before meetings start, but I, I would have thought they'd have got rain already today, and they've got um, showers forecast for the next two or three days as well. So the going could ease a fair bit uh, before the meeting starts and during the meeting as well, um, depending on how much of that rain actually does materialise. But it's been pretty heavy in places today. Uh, she handles the ground. That'll be a big positive for her, um, and I think she's. I think she deserves to be just a little bit shorter in the betting um, purely on what she's done and the fact that. Um, it'd be a, it'd be a surprise if Chester doesn't suit her with Franny Norton on board riding as well as ever this season. The strike is very good this year, uh, Franny, and he no one knows how to ride Chester quite as well as as Franny Norton does as well. So she's she's got more positives than the market would suggest. Um, the one I've been negative about is Delectable U. She's she's a short price. Um, she's had a couple of runs. She'll clearly improve. She comes from a very good family, of course, um, and I'd have thought she will do a lot better than she did at Newbury last time out, but. The Newbury form is, is not particularly strong, and she got the run of the race in that maiden um, under Frankie Vittori, She she had more know-how than most of her opponents. Uh, she was able to poach a fairly easy lead, and she looked sure to win with a furlong to run, but she got run down in that race. And given she's not going to get to the lead here, um, I'd be very surprised if she leads in this race. I think she's going to have a little bit of a culture shock. She should do better, as I said, but I don't think in terms of what she's done, she deserves to be anywhere near as short <laughs> she is in the betting. Um and I should then mention before we move on, um, Zayada is she's got a penalty in this uh, for winning the Montreux Philly Stakes at Newmarket last year. So never easy to give way to in a race like this. That did come in very bad ground. So the more rain that falls for her, um, the better. But uh, she's got a really nice pedigree in that she's got two of the very best uh, broodmares of the last fifty years in her in her pedigree. She's got um, her dam didn't run, but um, uh she's got warning close up in, the, in that pedigree warning being a a, a son of a slightly dangerous who's an absolutely fantastic broodmare and she's also gonna have to look at her pedigree now she's she's also <laughs> got uh, uh repro color in there Who's uh, an absolutely fantastic broodmare a huge number of group one winners coming from that family so it's very interesting to see that um that she has um so much of that um very good blood close up in her um her tail line um her first two wins last season were nothing special she wanted um a maiden at chelmsford and then a, a novice at beverly that didn't work out very well but she was impressive at newmarket given her general lack of experience and the horse she beat that day who got first run on her won the pretty poly at the weekend so i think her form is better than it looks at first glance and i think everything i saw about her at, at two suggests she would improve so, my thinking before seeing prices for this was were, were that Zayada would be my selection of the race. kind of expected it to be a slightly bigger price. I didn't think she'd be market leader. um but I'm still inclined to be with her. She's drawn stall seven of seven. Uh, and as Andy was saying, you don't really want to be parked that wide as a rule. but of course we're we're looking at a middle distance trip here, and most mm. of her opposition have wanted to go forward in their races where she's able to come from off the pace and she can produce um. a a strong run as she showed at new market she can she can um, maintain that run for three or four furlongs which is hugely important so i can see her not being massively inconvenienced by her wide draw because she's been slightly slowly away on all three starts but she'll come home very strongly i think the race will be run to suit her i'd hope to get you know a or two bigger than she is at the moment um but she'll be my marginal pick in the race
0: Marginal pick for Zayada, 5-2 to two, pretty much across the board and favourable mention as well for the price of Dubai Fountain, 7-2 with 3.65, Paddy's, Betfair Sportsbook and a couple of other firms as well. Andy, Rory covered quite a lot there. <laughs> what can you add to it?
2: I'll do my best.
0: Um, <laughs> I can probably add um, a weather forecast or a
2: possible going update. Yeah. Um, impending uh, an update off the course perhaps tomorrow uh, as Rory... Um, alluded to, uh, I'm probably about half an hour drive away from from Chester. Um, My two nearest tracks uh, nowadays are Bangor, which is 10 minutes away, and Chester a little bit further up the road. It has not stopped raining here all day. Um, Literally, I went out with my dog about an hour ago and the roads are flooded. So, given that uh, it was a blanket band of rain that came across, not just um, the odd shower here then everywhere, as you can see by the racing today. i would be surprised if Chester haven't had a huge dollop. Um, I'd imagine that the first race uh, or the first day's racing will be run on good to soft ground. I think that'll change quite markedly, that good to firm ground. It's, it's definitely going to play into the strengths of we as Rory's already mentioned. Uh, I was really impressed with the way she won that uh, new market race towards the back end of the season. Takes a good horse to get that by that mystery angel as we saw. That Mystery Angel's a really, really hard and tough nut to crack. And she didn't want to lie down. She had to really dig deep to get to that horse and then to go by her and stay on up the hill as she did. In even for New Markets, by New Market standards, unseasonably heavy ground um, towards the back end. So she's got the mental strength. She'll handle the conditions. Um, she comes from a stab that would it with uh, a nipper um a few years back so it's a race that Roger Varian not necessarily targets but he, he knows what it takes to win uh, with the filly and so does Aiden O'Brien by the way um Roy hasn't mentioned nicest uh, so you'd have to respect her, sorry beg your pardon that's Donica O'Brien's, you'd have to you'd mm-hmm. have to respect uh, Le, uh, um, Le Giconde, who who's second in a maiden at uh, Leopardstown probably not that form's not quite good enough you'd imagine uh, and I don't think dele- um, a dialectable use form's uh, good enough as it stands at the moment I think Mellow Magic the Third Horse ran at Salisbury over the weekend and finished second. Um, the horse that was beta. I'm not necessarily sure whether that's going to be uh, an Oaks filly further down the line, even though, even though that was quite impressive, the Hannon horse. So I'd be very much with the Zayada camp here, um, based on two-year-old form
0: and the likelihood of the ground's going to make it quite a decent test. So two selections there for Zayada, for Roger Varian. as I say, five to two, pretty much across the board. And Andy and Rory both siding uh, with her. On then to the Chester Vars. And I'm going to stick with you, Andy, here, because very interested in the horse that is at the top of the market. Salamarak, six to four. Uh, Worko, four to one. Youth Spirit, 13 to two. Laura the Sea, seven to one. Fancy Man, 10 to one. Sandhurst, 12 to one. 14 to one. Pleasant Man and 33 to one. San Martino. Now, Andy, when we did your horses to follow pod a couple of weeks ago, Salamorak mm. was a 33 to one chance for the Derby. Now a short, I think is 10 to one, 16 to one best price at the moment. And come in for some early market support here, opened up about three to one here and now six to four. So you're looking forward to seeing Salamorak giving a spin.
2: Yeah, I am. Yeah. I think this is a a nice opportunity uh, for UK uh, racing fans to see uh, Salamorak in his full paces. Um, he didn't really catch my first time on at Dundalk. It was a very slowly run affair. So being a time figure man, I couldn't really judge him on that. He, he was hard to get excited about, but he went to Leopardstown the other day. It was on the day that they ran the, I think it was, I think might've been the Beresford of the La- Ballet Sacks. So my, my memory's not so good nowadays, but um, they basically ran out of the same course and distance that Borshaw Ballet uh, ran on uh, when he won it, that trial. So we had a good guide to see which one of those two, A now horses might be the best. And, by far and away, the best one on the numbers was Salamarok, particularly from three out. And if you go back and watch his race as well, where he was on a day where pace was king, Leopardstown is usually that track kind of track anyway. If you're turning too far behind, you're a million. You can't make up the ground. It's a short straight. Front runners tend to get away from you. This horse must have made up the thick end of 10, 12 lengths within a few bounds. He got there very, very easily. And even though it was only a handicap, you think, well, 85 rated horse winning a diary, that that's... A not a no Brian star, but B, you know you'd be a madman to back a horse like this. I think he's got a huge amount of talent, um, and we're going to see the best of, best of him as the season progresses. I still think he's very much a work in progress, and he's not quite hit his ceiling yet. Um, I think the, the track will suit him because he's um, quite a well balanced type. Um, he stay he'll stay. No problem whatsoever. I don't I don't see Marlon half being a problem. He hit the line really strong at at uh, Leopardstown. And he's just the kind of horse I want on on my side for the derby. He's not flash, he's not sexy, you know, he's, he hasn't got any sort of um you know, group races, group one races behind him at the moment. But I think um I think as time goes on he, he we're gonna be hearing big things about this fella. So I'm really looking forward to see what he can do. He's already been chalked up 11-8, which is a little bit of a surprising form, you know, when you look at it and you think, well, he's up against Law of the Sea and Worko. Worko's won a reputable trial at Epsom the other day, beating a good feeling, a good time, by the way. I think Worko sets a standard on the on the actual overall time figures that that I've got so far. But as I said, I do think Salamrock's going to improve quite quite dramatically the further and the deeper he goes against quality. I think I think in a better race, you'll see him even shine, even brighter. Um, Yeah, the 25-33-1 looks really good. And I think he'll win the Cheshire Vars because anything that Aidan O'Brien runs in this race tends to win it. I think he's won it seven of the last eight years. I think Mm -hmm. only young Rascal has um, deprived him of almost a clean sweep. So whatever he runs in this race, basically saying, right, this is nearly my derby horse. Um, Obviously, high definition will have something to say about that. (laughs) But apart from high definition, and the would be Sir Lamarock perhaps... Parachuting into the Dar close to Derby favouritism, I didn't really see anything from the at Guineas, Guineas over the weekend. and not what Roy thinks that necessarily, you know, jumped out of the ground and said, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a Derby horse." I thought it was quite a disappointing um 2000 Guineas in many respects. The fact that Battleground, Wembley, Thunder Moon, I think they filled three of the last four places. You'd have got big odds on those three finishing <laughs> where they did. Um, so I think this year's Derby is very much up for grabs. And it's up for a late Johnny-come-lately. And I think Sir Lamrock's going to be the one. So he's my derby pick.
0: Roy, what did you think of the Guineas?
1: Yeah, I agree with Andy. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the race. I, I napped the winner, so I'm, I'm very pleased with that. <laughs> well um, but yes, it, we had um, a few years ago, I think it might have been Galileo Gold's derby, where the, the first three in the market finished last, second last, and third last. <laughs> and um, were, we're no good after that. And I think we might have... Uh, see a lot. A lot of the two-year-olds are heavily campaigned. Um, don't tend to go on at three. Sometimes they're they're good enough to win the Guineas before they kind of fall down the pecking order. But Thunder Moon was very disappointing. Um, uh, especially listening to the um, those who saw him in the paddock hasn't grown at all from two to three. And uh, there were some disappointing efforts in there. The, um, there there are some nice horses in the Guineas, but not as you said, Andy, not necessarily an obvious um, horse to improve a chunk for stepping
2: up to a mile and a half in the race. And I didn't appear with generous, did that The, the no. one that re- really flew hard, and you thought, oh yeah, mile and a half, I can see that, you
1: know. And you see that, you see that every night again. Uh, and sometimes the Derby horse kind of manages to try and see the stars. Won the Guineas. He really shouldn't have been winning a Guineas um, based on on uh, what he could do after that. But um, he was uh, he was too good. He was exactly the type you, you could see improving enormously for, for stepping up a trip. But yeah, nothing in that nothing in that mould. The the first four really were looks a lot better than the rest, and none of those mm-hmm. looked like mile and a half horses. Um, so we're going to learn a lot in the next two weeks fundamentally uh and this is the the first place we uh, we um will see that i i, I quite like virko um at, at epsom i'm not i'm not a massive fan of the um uh what was the blue ribbon trial but it seems to be becoming a slightly stronger race in the last two or three years which is good uh, good for the course and good for the the depth of uh, of the trials i thought he did that nicely i think the form will work out okay um and i'd, I'd make him a danger here but i i agree with andy i was um I was very impressed with how Sir Lamorak did that. Um, and I think the only reason you'd be against him is if you start talking about his handicap mark and say, well, he was only rated 85, how good can he be? But uh, you've only got to look at, at how Yadne O'Brien has done uh, with his horses in the last, um, particularly in the last 10 years or so, to see how much they can come on for, for three, four, five runs. You know, he, he doesn't, um, some of them are ready to go at two and will win um, uh, group one races. Some of them need time, but that doesn't necessarily mean they need to sit in their box. And Aidan has found the key to be able to run these horses while bringing them on gradually, mentally and physically, and he looks a perfect example of that. You know, only beginning to flourish on his fourth start, he should improve again. As you said, I think the track will suit him. My only concern this year is that Aidan's run twelve horses in the UK this season, and only one of those has run its race really, uh, or maybe two. You know, Santa Barbara ran her race despite being a, a, an unplaced favourite. I think she actually she obviously improved um but 10 of the horses that Aiden has run in the UK this season have been disappointing Mm. so I'm a little concerned here but I just think um he he'd be running a different kind of horse post guineas than he was pre guineas um and I think you'll you'll see that with Sir Lamrak who's already proven himself um this year so he'd be my pick in the race again as Andy said you know you you might have thought on on paper that um that vehicle might be favorite for the race but um um yeah people know what Edens' record in this race is like uh she said seven of the last eight eight of the last 11. um you know he, he's got a tremendous record in the contest and his strongest contender has to be worth um with very close scrutiny
0: so slammer six to four across the board verco best price four to one with william hill eight runners here a- any others are bigger prices for those each way punters out there or, or we can't see a pass the top two in the market We'll never never
1: rule out the Eden in second and third strings. Mm-hmm. You, you learn that um, at all the time. Although you know Sam Martino does have the look of a pacemaker here from stall one with Franny Norton booked. Uh, I can see what the um, um, what the instructions are there, but Santos could do better. Um, he was one of those horses who's disappointed this season so far, but um, given how Eden's early runners in the UK looked particularly in need of a run he could improve markedly and, and could run a little bit better. Still seven's is not ideal for him, but yeah, if I was looking for an outsider, I'd, I'd still be inclined to look from the same stable.
0: So yeah, Sandhurst 12 to 1 uh, with Paddy Power, Betfair, Sportsbook, Victory, and a couple of others too. Those are the two races we're going to cover on the Wednesday. We're recording this on Monday evening, so a couple of days before. but it means we have markets for all the races. So any others? Andy, I think you wanted to flag one in the in the Lily Agnes in the first. Yeah, the, the the Lily Angus really is the first,
2: if you like, be decent um, <clears throat> or bona fide um, Royal Ascot trial in many respects. Um, I mean, obviously there's been lots of good maidens, and 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 one or two horses have gone on from their maidens, and they're they're, they're working their way through the ranks. But I think collectively this is the best um, gathering of, of two-year-olds we've seen so far this season. Uh, one or two bring some strong-ish form lines into into the into the party, none more so than Armor. Um, Richard Hannan's horse. He, he he might have only won a four-runner race at Doncaster on his debut, but wow, was he was impressive. Um, obviously, from a time figure pers- perspective, I'm going to flag him up. Um, I, I, I challenge anyone to watch two races or any races really without sort of having the um, objective view of having some kind of number to put on them to know where they are in the pecking order with regards, oh, that was a good race, that was a good performance, that was okay, this is not, not quite so good. I think with numbers, like I say, when I do do them, they tend to filter through and, and give you an idea of what what the real quick ones are when they run beyond a certain level. And and this armor has showed already that he's a Royal Ascot horse in waiting. Um, he beat a good field. There was two or three really strong he fancied. The second and the third went into it with good reputations. And I, I like the way he hit the line. He, he went through the line with his ears pricked. If you watch the video again. Um, and he ran 33 dead as well for the last three furlongs, courtesy of the, uh, at the races website. You can get all the, the sectionals off there, uh, which is pretty good for any horse, let alone a two-year-old on debut. He was the quickest horse on the carbs and three out. Uh, and like I say, his overall time was very, very healthy. Um, I'd be surprised if there's a better horse in this field than him. The most experienced one, the velo, would probably be the danger on the numbers. He's gradually got better. He was all at sea first time out at Bath. He went to Wolverhampton and came from a long, long way back as the penny was clunking all the way down the uh, the chute through the race, and, and he finally got up. And then he went to Brian the other day and pieced it all together. Again, came out very strong, clocked a big number, and he's got stall one. Not necessarily – I'm not sure he's got the run style. He hits the lids and he's going to be able to hold his position. That's my only problem about him. He's not a, a horse that's blessed with early speed. He, he tends to come through the race very strong, so he, he might have to um, – uh, do an Chester-like performance in many respects from Storm number one, but yeah, I'm I'm a big big fan of Armour. See, he's been chalked up around about eleven to four. I think that represents probably the best bet for me on day one. Armour
0: eleven to four in the first. The one forty-five, the Lily Agnes uh, eleven to four is with Bet Victor at the moment. Some other firms uh, five to two. Paddy's go twos. Uh, Rory, anything else on the card for you on on day one?
1: I, I didn't expect much of a price uh, abider, but I've just had a check and it's um. Uh, it's reasonable enough. So the 3:45, um, the six furlong, three-year-old handicap. Um, Uncle Jumbo's got very obvious claims in that he's got um, he's got early two, and he's drawn a stall two. Uh, he's got race fitness on his side after a couple of runs on um, like a couple of the the main dangers. Um, he was a little bit unlucky, certainly unlucky not to finish much closer at Pontefract um, last time out and his return to turf. He only finished fourth of seven, but he's beaten a length and a half having been stopped in his run with a furlong to go was the uh, uh the pacemaker drop back. Um that was still a career best for him. He should do better again. And he's six to one in a play, six to one um with three six five and eleven to two in a couple of places. I thought he looked more like a three to one shot.
2: Yeah, it wasn't I, I concur with that. He was very unlucky at Fact. I was going to mention him, but Roy's um he saved he saved the best of last day with that one to be honest. A good draw. I think he probably would have beaten Bickerstaff with a clear run the Roy said he, he's not quite sure, but um, my way
0: of thinking was that yeah, he probably would have won with a clear run that day. Uncle Jumbo because that's well since too. So. Yeah, Uncle- exactly. Yeah, six to one, Uncle Jumbo with three six five, as Roy said in the three forty five on Wednesday. Uh, on to the Thursday's racing, and we're going to talk about the D stakes where we have Adyar and Uncle Bryn joint seven and two favourites with maximal nine to two, Ontario and Yibir and uh, Luftdug. I mean, I think that pronunciation is actually butchery or five to one, uh, Baton Rouge, 10 to one. And, uh, Andy will, will will give you first run here for the D stakes.
2: Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one. Obviously quite a few of these won't run that they're either entered up in other races or, or, um, they might not ta- necessarily take their chance. Um, Uncle Bryn's an interesting, um, runner. We'll certainly get a guide with him. Cause obviously workout gives us the form angle with the chest of ours the day before. And, I thought he ran well enough. I, I, will say well enough because obviously he was well fancied in in the market. I think he went up for eleven to ten or even money or something like that. And it was a, it was an odd ride by Frankie. He just kind of lost lost a bit of patience halfway through the race. I thought it was very unfranky. Like he, 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 kind of saw the red mist going round Tattenham Corner and he rushed this horse up and he did a massive sweeping move for about a furlong and a half, two furlongs. And arguably that manoeuvre burst this horse for me but it's look I say, because say, you take the fact that waves are even money favorite it, it was a good run in isolation you would have said that was a good trial first run on turf you know still learning on the job perfectly respectable um if you are for, of a forgiving nature with a frankie on the horse then um you, you might want to w- might want to give him a second look because um, I think with that run under his belt he's likely to come forward but I do quite like fox's tails here um he should have won on debut at kempton green if got in his way he was he literally, you know, he, he was as green as the Hulk, was, wasn't he, at, um, at Kempton. Um, went through the line really hard. And he was well fancied on his debut at, at Newbury, on his on his turf debut. And he eventually worn down the very strongly fancied canter. And the two of them had a bit of a, a tussle all the way to the line. I like the fact they put eight lengths between themselves and the rest of the field. But it very much for me, it was stamina that gained the day. Um, and I think that's the last time we'll ever see him over a mile. And um, that's what I thought to myself. I and mean, he's up here two furlongs. It's t- it's a meeting that also I think Andrew Balding and and um, in particular um, King Power really really like to target nowadays. They do quite well here. I think he's been in lucky in this race before as well. That this uh, these colours. Um, I think Sylvester had a bit of a nightmare in one of his a couple of years ago. But yeah, I, I do like him. I think he's um, he's a stout stayer and. Yeah, I think he could represent a bit of A. I think he might just go into this race uh, a little bit under the radar.
0: Foxtails 12 to 1 as it stands at the moment with Paddy Power. Rory?
1: I fancy an outsider to run well here. Whether he's good enough to win, I don't know. But um, I think Pythagoras, who was um, fourth in the, um, in the Epsom trial, uh, can step up on that. Um, he made most of the running there. Um, kicked on briefly. And then faded in the last furlong. Now, the question is whether he faded because he didn't quite stay the trip or whether he needed the run. Uh, I'm inclined to think the latter, that he just needed the run and he'd come on for it. Um, certainly, there's plenty of stamina on the damp side of his, his pedigree. Um, he's a horse who caught the eye a few times last season, notably winning at, um, uh, at Beverly and Ripon, despite the fact that he looked like he absolutely hated the tracks on both of those occasions, um, taking a right-handed bend, He didn't look happy going right-handed at Beverly, didn't look particularly happy going right-handed at, at Ripon either, but did very well to win, as he did. He was outclassing his opposition both times, in fairness, but he ended up getting himself in, in a slightly awkward position at Beverly and had to come from a fair way back when he won at Ripon next time out. Um, he ended the season winning a listed race at Pontefract, which has worked out well. Um, we've already um, touched on Mystery Angel, who was second. Um, and she's obviously gone on to, to better things since. Um, but that was a decent contest. Namuz was sixth that day, and he's um, uh, he was a very impressive winner um, of the Easter Cup at Sandown last time out. Um, so Pythagoras, although he looked reasonably exposed last year, I thought he looked I thought he looked pretty raw myself, um, and was the type to improve a fair bit. Now, given that he was he was fourth behind um, uh, one or two who might run in this race, he's not going to be massively fancied. Obviously, we'll, we'll get an idea of the strength of the form when Virko runs. Um, the previous day but he's going to be a big price for this I think he could end up outrunning his odds he may end up only finishing third but um, he might just be a, a decent place only bet in the race because um, given how he's how he ran at Epsom I think they will again go forward with him and I think the others will be happy to let him go forward given that he didn't get home last time uh, and if he does get an easy-ish lead he, he might not be as easy to, to pass as he was last time.
0: Pythagoras for Richard Farhi 14 to 1. We're seeing at the moment not many prices, uh, not many bookies are out with their prices for Thursday, but Paddy's having 14 to 1 at the moment, but could be bigger around uh, tomorrow when, when everyone comes out. So do keep an eye there, Pythagoras for Rory. Uh, on then to the Ormond Stakes, where Japan is a 6 to 4 favourite ahead of Trushan, at 4 to 1, Twilight Payment, 5 to 1, Mirando, <laughs> 8 to 1, 10 to 1, Alba Flora, and Roberto Escobar, 12 to 1 bar. Uh, Rory, stick with you here for the for the Almond on Thursday.
1: Um, I'm inclined to stick with Trushan. He was enormously impressive at Ascot um, in the Long Distance Cup, and I know it's easy enough to um, to try to knock holes in that form. It's not just about Stradivarius. It wasn't a two horse race where one of them ran below form. Um, there were a dozen uh, opponents there, most of whom had had Group Two or Group One form to their name. And he has beaten them seven and a half lengths um, very easily. It was a, a big step up from him. It's backed up by the speed figure um, as well, and he had been a progressive horse before that. His only vague disappointment was in the um, in the ebor. but if he didn't get away well on the ebor, you had no chance. It was a strange race. Um, virtually everything that figured in the finish um, was handy uh, throughout. Uh, Trusham was slowly away and then had to work to make, get it into mid-division. But couldn't get into the the race from that. If you look at the beaten horses in the in the Ebor, a lot of horses who never figured to run well at the back have gone on to show much better form since. So it's very easy to forgive that. And aside from that, he's got a very very progressive profile. Um, the Ascot race was his first try at two miles, so the fact that he's dropping back to a mile and five should be <clears> no real issue. I mean, you'd fancy his chances of of step you know stepping up and trip at Ascot uh, for the Gold Cup itself. But I don't think he will come here needing the run particularly um he may be you know he he may come on from it a little bit but um in terms of his um his profile i think he'd be happy enough dropping back in trip um and i don't think there's any fluke about that performance whether he could do it on quick grinds i don't know but i think we'll be looking at good to soft at best as andy says and in in that scenario he's the best horse in this race best horse in the race trushan four to one
0: uh andy yeah, I mean we've um,
2: we've always got Trushan running some phenomenal times, um, particularly when the ground's been on the easy side. He's run through the ceiling um, of what we'd expect for a stayer to do on on more than one or two occasions. Um, I, remember, I remember the day back; I think it was Fosslas about two thousand and nineteen. He ran a massive figure for a relatively at the time low grade handicapper. But since then, he's, he's you know because he's carried all before him. That new market handicap that he won towards the back end of the uh, 2019 campaign when he beat stellar Field. I think first in line was second, It was very good on the numbers. And he did nothing but uh, improve all through last season. Um, unfortunately for me, my biggest bet on him last year was in the Ebor. I, d- I really don't know what's wrong with him that day because he had soft ground. But it was probably York. I mean, he's not the first horse that's gone to York and run badly at that track and then bounced back to form. But as Roy said, he, he's he's Spot on with the time figure he, he clocked at um, Ascot absolutely off the charts to back up the visual impression of him beating the best stayers. And if it is soft at Chester on uh, his reappearance, he I think he's got a good combination of every, everything. We know he stays beyond the trip, but he's got good tactical speed. Um, he's quite a well-balanced, nippy sort as well. He's not like a big, um, you know, heavy top torso that might not get round the bends. He's, you know, he's, he's fairly agile. Um, and I'd imagine Alan King will have him, as we said, pretty much, where he wants well, Holly Doors obviously on. She she uh, she rode him at Ascot, famous day when she she had that good double. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to be certainly putting it up to Japan. Obviously, is the um, the Group One horse coming in here? But um, obviously, questions to ask after a slightly suspect and substandard uh, season by his standards last year. Would Trishan be the selection of you at fours then as well? Yeah, I think so. Four to one, yeah, yeah. particularly if you can back him each way at this stage. I, I can't see him not being in the first three. There's there's one or two other nice horses in the race further down the line like Sonny Boy Liston. I think he's 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 been playing his trade in decent company since working his way through the ranks in handicaps in Ireland. not sure about the trip for him and I'm not necessarily sure about the trip for Roberto Escobar just at this very moment in time even though I think he's a promising horse. I think William Haggis has done the right thing by easing off of him. He he, he was a bit disappointed in the Volta beyond Pile Driver, but I liked his run the time before. He looked progressive. Um, and I think he's going to be a better four year old than three year old. He's just got that physique and look about him that I think he'll improve and mature as time goes on, as a lot of Williams do. So they're, they're, they're definitely horses to keep an eye on for, for I say perhaps later in the season. But for, for win or each way purposes now or a strong vote, it, it'd be true, Shan.
0: Those are the two races we'll be covering in depth on Thursday. Rory, any others on the day, though, that you think people should be. Well, I mean, as I said, prices aren't really out in the market to kind of forming as we speak, but I need for, to keep an eye on.
1: No, and, and obviously with some of the, uh, the handicaps, you want to have the draw on your side as well, yeah. um, to a degree. But um, I would be keen on the chances, assuming it gets a reasonable um, a draw of just another bottle in the first race. Um, it's a horse I've had on, on my radar for, for quite a while. It's, not, it hasn't, uh, it's had some fairly stiff tasks. Um but he's he came back to form last time when second at Pontefract. Um he was a winner on heavy grind at uh, at Catrick last season, but he wouldn't normally want the grind need the grind that soft. But I think he's probably best with with some um making a print at the very least. So he wants good grinder slightly softer to show his best form. Yeah, he's been in my notebook as one to one to land a little handicap uh, since he was third at um at air last June, um, when he wasn't he was drawn away from the action and I I thought whenever they Dropped right for him. He'd be a horse to follow. Uh, I missed him at Catterick. I left him alone in the heavy grind. Unfortunately, one at eighteen to one. Um, but I've, I've, um, I've just keep been watching him this season, and I think he's ready to strike again.
0: Just another bottle for Kevin Ryan, the one for Rory there in the first race of the day. I think. Some, I think Hills Hills have got prices up, and he's seven to one as it stands at the moment. But again, that's only one firm, so keep an eye out, especially once the draw um, should be in about twenty four hours or so. We'll we'll have the the, the prices in the markets for all of Thursday's races. Uh, Andy, any for you? Yeah,
2: obviously we've we've highlighted um, Alan King's um, obvious chance for Trishan, uh early on in the Ormond Stakes, but I think he's got quite a nice stay. Out potentially in the, in the making in Sonning in the, in the final race, the mile and a half handicap, obviously Mark Johnson's going to have something to say about that. He's got a whole pile of um, entries in there. He's got happy who um, chased home Sonning at Beverly. He's got King Franco looks at out and out definitely progressive. And obviously golden flame as well, who's been in, in reasonably good shape, but going back to Sonning, um, his Beverly win was quite a good time for the grade. I remember upgrading his run on um, that day when he won at Beverly, his back end sectionals are very good as well for a, for a mile and a quarter horse as it was that day um, I think he's very well handicapped off 77 based on the numbers I've got him doing uh, that day and um, obviously being from the, uh, the McNeil setup, but I think further down the line they probably might want to uh, be seeing him as a, a potential triumph horse for next season but that's like I say a lot, a lot of water on the bridge between now and then but yeah he, he's quite a nice horse that signing so depending on his price I'd be looking to get um,
0: with him with a decent draw only you, Andy, in a Chester preview, you could start talking about the Derby and the Triumph. Oh. In the... <laughs> 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 and, um, it was guaranteed to be mentioned somewhere along the way. Right, on to Friday's racing. Uh, and we're going to be doing the Chester Cup now. And, you know, obviously this is loads in there at the moment. I mean, these races are going to cut, cut up a fair bit. We're not entirely sure who's running where. But we can only go with what we can see at the moment. And uh, Olmogwa is the 5-1 to favourite ahead of Posterdeo at Ten to one, alongside not so sleepy and golden rules, and future investment all ten to one. Elysian flame 14s. rare groove fourteen, uh, stepway causeway, sorry stepney causeway 14s. Who dares wins 14s. and then sixteen to one bar. Absolutely loads left in at the moment, Andy. Um, bit of a minefield, tough one to pick the winner of. Hmm. Who do you fancy at the uh, at this stage?
2: I fancy not so sleepy. Um, I had probably one of my biggest bets of the season on him last year in in the. In the uh, I remember going around my local town, literally backing him uh, with uh, several chunky cash bets to try and get as much as I, I, I could on because I was over the threshold on my um, online accounts. Um, and he gave me a great spin. But once again, he was just too free. Um, I thought Graham Lee might just have sort of given him a little bit more of a circumspect ride. But look, you know, he sees the rowdy Mom, not so sleeping, he's just off. He's like, thanks very much, you know, I want to I want to run as fast as I can for as long as I can. And it was quite an amazing amazing effort, really, to finish four. If you go back, I mean, he's, he should have dropped through the back of the TV, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he's you know, he's numbered the time before Pontifact suggested to me, you know, he's, he's virgin on group class. And I think he's run at Newmarket probably suggested that anyway. Um, you know, pulling so hard for that long over two miles two, only the real good horses get away with it. I didn't think he run too badly in in the Champion Hurdle. Um, again, he was a little bit too keen for his own liking. But I do think this track will suit him because you want horses that you know go around on the bridle. You don't want horses that are being scrubbed along and they've you know they, they've they haven't got any tactical speed. Um, and I think if he can just sort of hopefully get some cover this time around and just get a lead and, and perhaps go around second or third. And if he gets to go draw on the rail. I could see him running well because we know he's fitting well. We know he stays really well. Soft ground's not a problem. The more rain, the better for him. And it's interesting as well that Huey Morrison has, I think he's been really unlucky not to win this race with Fun Mac. I think Fun Mac has mm. off off memory been placed at least twice, if not three times in recent years. And I think he might have even won one of those with a bit more luck in running. Um, so he's deserve. he deserves a change of fortune. And I do think he's got a good, um, good uh, prospect here. We're not so sleepy. So,
0: Without um boring you with two in too many other options, he would be the one for me. Not so sleepy. Ten to one with paddy's and Betfair. sea of blue on odds checker and and he's been spending the day getting on. Uh Rory? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a law unto himself. Um, not so sleepy, but Andy's Andy's uh, dead right. He won the D Stakes, of course, as a three-year-old. Oh, of course um, he did. Yeah he, right, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he, yeah, yeah. And he sort of he lost his way a little bit after that. But that's because he's always been too headstrong for his own good. But this track really suits him. It suits yeah. horses like him. A who tend to race a little bit freely. Getting them on the turn helps them settle a little bit. Also, when I was a kid, I was always thought like, the the sporting life used to say it. Um, you know, in the track details suits some genuine horses. Chester just keeps it. Keeps him thinking all the time, mm. uh, and he is, he is a monkey, you know. He's—he's he's run out, and he's refused to race before. Um, but if you can—if you can just keep him amused, he's very, very good. Um, I take Andy's point that he's—you um, you, know—you'd kind of like him to get a little bit of cover just behind the lead to help him settle. I think at the age of nine, that ship is sealed. Quite frankly, you might as well be out in front. I, I think if if Graham Lee can get him in front. He's he's more likely when he won an it, for example, um, the, um, uh, the the better Exchange be. Trophy yeah. for the second year running. He's just when he seems to be going too hard is when he's almost at his happiest. Yeah. Uh, when he's loose, he just he's not fighting his jockey then. He didn't really fight his rider then, uh, and I think that's you know, unlike at Newmarket where you got the the huge expanse of Newmarket. Uh, To get them lit up. Chester just keeps, you know, might keep a lid on them. I think he's the most interesting horse in the race. I'd be inclined to agree. I'm going to be looking for something at a big price in this contest. Um, And uh, it'd be interesting to see what the draw was. I'm not inclined to get too um, evangelical about the draw on the Chester Cup. Oddly enough, uh, horses drawn 11 have done very well, but I wouldn't necessarily be, be lumping on the horse that's, that's drawn there. You don't have to be drawn low here. It's worth bearing in mind where your horse wants to be in the race mm-hmm. and how easy it will be to get to that position from the, uh, from the start and into the first bend. Um, with, um, uh, with Not So Sleepy, it doesn't really matter where he's drawn because he's got the he's got the t- unless he's drawn very, very wide. But if he's drawn in double figures, that's not really an issue because he he's got the the early tool um, and he wants to go forward anyway, so that helps him to do it. But I wouldn't. If I was if I had a hold up horse, I wouldn't mind being drawn in double figures. I wouldn't want to be drawn in the car park. You know, if you're drawn like eighteen plus, that's probably you know very difficult for you. Um, but if you're drawn sort of ten to fourteen, not necessarily a a, a, a killer. Um, if you want to come from slightly off the pace I, i'm wary of horses who would sort of normally race just behind the pace who are drawn in single figures who might get murdered into the first bend those are the horses i would worry mm. about so always try to get an idea of how the race is going to be run and whether your selection is going to be helped or hindered by that and sometimes you don't want to make a decision until until reasonably late um when you see that um i don't want to simply agree with uh, with andy on this um <laughs> There are a couple, there are interesting horses who will who will probably struggle to get in. Just Hubert, I would put in there. He's a bit of a monkey as well, um, but he did um, he did land a nap for me and, uh, at Goodwood um, last year, so uh, he's in my good books for that. He didn't he didn't really uh, follow it up, and maybe he's best at Goodwood because his best uh, uh, effort aside from that last season was at the same track. But he just needs humouring in his races. You can't bully him but you can't also let him do his own thing because he'll drop himself out. And Tom Marcon gave him a tremendous ride when he won at, um, uh, at Goodwood in the, in what was the Goodwood Stakes, um, which they don't call they don't call that anymore, the two and a half mile contest. So the trip's no trouble, no uh, bother for him. He just needs the kind of jockey who's going to, he's um, going to be able to nurse him into it while taking no nonsense at the same time, Um and as I said, Tom Marcon got a good tune out of him. He's one of the few horses I, I, I saw last season who took the mickey out of Holly Doyle on, a, on his previous start before winning at Goodwood. Um, so he'd be on my short list. He's number 27 on the list. I don't know how many of these are liable to come out. Um, the Dan Skelton horse that you mentioned um, in passing, uh, Stephanie Causeway is very yeah. interesting, but won't get in the race. He'll be in the the uh, Chester Vaz, and he's liable to be one of the, the favourites for that because based on his form over hurdles um, uh, this spring. Uh, he looks an improved horse. Um, his handicap mark of 85 looks lenient, and he's got a very good forward-going style, and he will stay the trip. So he's very, very interesting, but as I said, he won't get in this race. Um, but he's liable to be a hot pot for the um, uh, for the Chester Vans, the Constellation contest. Um, I'd also, just a very quick word, I thought as a trainer... Uh, that Ian Williams had a very strong hand in both races, and whatever he decides to run, I would um, I'd give a second look to.
0: Just Just Hubert twenty to one pretty much across the board, and Stephanie Causeway fourteen to one. But as you say, probably not going to be getting in here. So one to look at for the Chester Vaz. Uh, the last race we're going to be covering in detail is the Huxley Stakes on Friday. Sangarius is the five to two favourite, just ahead of Japan, who've previously discussed just a second ago uh armory 11 to four as well ill arab uh six to one bangkok seven to one nine to one forest of dean uh 14 to one bar rory uh i didn't much like uh, this
1: goal because i don't i struggle with japan i have to say <clears throat>
0: um
1: he should he should be up to winning this race um but he was largely disappointing last season um it wouldn't be a surprise to see him bounce back. And obviously, Broom has shown this season, you know, that he looked like he was he was going to be... Um, uh, I backed him for the Derby. He looked like he was going to do really well and then kind of lost his way and bounced back this season. So Japan could do the same thing after a, a disappointing four-year-old season. I would rather be with Armory, I think. I, I don't know what to make of Sangarius. You know, he was... Um, he needed his return last season um, and he shipped okay in the rearranged Brigadier Jared Sticks. Uh, but he was all right to beat Bangkok last time, and I'm not sure he deserves to be favourite on the balance of his form. Uh, I thought this is more likely again to go to Ian O'Brien, but off his runners, I prefer Armory, who did nothing wrong last season. Uh, pretty much always give his running, and then he ended that with a um, uh, with a second to Sir Dragonet in the Cox Plate, um, which was his, his best effort all season, um, arguably. Um, I think uh, I think Timeform decided his. Is running the champion stage was slightly better, but our, our Australian cousins will will have you know that the uh, <laughs> uh, the cockspit is a better race than that. Um, yeah, so he's solid, he's reliable. He will train on again from three to four. Uh, I'd rather have him than Japan, but they're not necessarily both intended yeah. runners there, so it's not an easy race to get involved in. But my gut feeling would be to be, to be
0: against Sangarius, against Sangarius, and leaning towards Armory. Armory eleven to four with UniBet, Andy.
2: Yeah, I think it's looking very much likely that um, Japan will go elsewhere, and, and maybe Armory might come here. I presume that um, Aiden, you know, once he's decided to bring uh, one or two over, he's going to bring the lot um, and, and roll the dice. It's, it's a race that Aiden's you know, won quite a few times in recent times. Do, Dover won it uh, three years ago, um, so it's that kind of horse that tends to win it. You know, top class, one hundred and ten plus. Um, Illa Rab's the one who, if there is going to be a joker in the pack. He, he might prove to be it. He, He's not this level yet, but William Haggis certainly thinks he, he is. You know, he doesn't um, hate the same, but tilt at windmills, um, just because I couldn't think of a, another phrase to come up with that um, depicted what I was trying to say. Um, and I like the way he progressed last season. He, he, he went from strength to strength, worked his way through the handicap ranks, won a very good handicap at New York towards the back end, I like those horses that win those hard knocking races at York. They, they're made of tough stuff that so they can get home on the Naysmire, particularly on soft ground. Um, and I just like the way he goes through his races. You know, good cruiser, good turn of foot, battle hard. And, you know, those handicaps say they're not, Then you know, they're not push over to win those. And he, and he rattled off uh, three or four, didn't he, towards the back end. So, yeah, he's on 102, but oh, it's quite clearly his handicap days are over and he's gone straight into Group 2 company. So. I'd be mildly interested in him if he if he ran, but I think we're gonna get a small field here. We're not gonna to get too many runners. Um, so doubtful whether this race will probably go on my column, but
0: Ilarab is one I'd 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 be looking to follow for um for the rest of the season six to one with william hill and you mentioned the column there andy um Mm. sorry that i haven't already you make sure you do download the odds checker app and not only do you get the best prices best bookie offers free bets and place terms but also get andy's columns straight to the app every single morning so the fastest and best way to get those tips ahead of the racing that uh, brings us to the end of our in-depth previews just any other business at the end i guess guys any others on friday that you're going to be looking at Yeah, one for me, the first
2: race. um, He's a bit of a high-profile horse. um, Hasn't quite hit the heights that Connections were hoping, but Brentford Hope, uh, Richard Mm Hughes' horse. See, Ryan Moore's been booked. I think he was one of the favorites of the Derby, wasn't he? Uh, For goodness sake. um, Oh, he certainly touted as a potential Derby horse, but that didn't quite materialise. He just didn't get the trip, did he? In the end, they worked out that he he was a miler. Um, He won at Haydock towards the back end on soft ground. He's very much ground-dependent. I think he was pulled out of a might have been the spring cup at Newbury all in the season um, because of the ground. Um, he's likely to get easy in the ground or plenty enough cup for him to be fully effective. Again, if he gets a good draw, we don't know that, but if he does, then um, he's likely to really enjoy Chester because horses with a high cruising speed like him just find Chester really easy. You know, they're able to lay up with the speed and you can basically put him where you want. I think that's another important point to make. Um, if you haven't got a horse travelling for you underneath it, you can't go for the gaps when they come, but when you've got a horse like this who's got gears, he can get you out of trouble. Um, so yeah, I'll be um, quite keen to see how bookmakers assess him or what price he is on 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 Friday. Should he should he run? But being as Ryan Moore's already booked, that seems to be the case.
0: Yeah, I think he's uh, thirteen to two as it stands now with Hills. Um, yeah, that's, that. that's
2: fair enough. You know, I, I think he, he's guaranteed to be favourite. So if he's thirty, if it's thirteen to two, the field at the moment, then you're looking at probably seven to two, four to one on the day once mm. the momentum gathers uh rory
1: uh you've got the, got the prices up for that what prices grow ferry in the same race
0: let's have a look i just managed to get rid of it uh 11 oh, to one yes race.
1: 11 <laughs> yeah it have to be it has to be a bigger price he was um i thought he ran more than respectably in the Lincoln. it was a slightly unfortunate scenario though because he picked up a um a penalty for winning a weak race um before that um, so he ended up r- uh, racing off a higher mark than his official rating in the in the uh, the Lincoln, which didn't help his chances of winning. They put a claiming jockey um, on board him that day, who's he's promising enough, um, but I think he did a little bit too much towards the front end that day. Um, and uh, his his form from last season uh, suggests that um, this track will suit him. Getting back on softish ground will suit him as well. He's he's got a very um, uh, progressive profile generally speaking um, and I think this track will suit him better than Doncaster did. You didn't want to be on the pace generally speaking at Doncaster or the Lincoln meeting because they were generally racing into a, a bit of a headwind there. Um, as I said Chester should suit him. Um, Andrew Balding's horses do well here. David Probert is on board. Um, I think Probert is, is an un, underrated jockey. Um, his uh, strike rate uh, doesn't necessarily tell you that but I think he's a he, he knows his way around. Um, and he rides tracks like Chester pretty well. So if Ferry gets a decent draw, I think he could outrun his odds um, because he was only eighth in the in the uh, Lincoln last time out. He's not able to be overlooked.
2: He's um, he's actually over expected. Very good round Chester, Roy. I'm sure you're yes. aware of that. Or or they call it the wax, don't they? Um, he 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 rides more winners than he should be expected to based on their SP round Chester. So that tells you that he um, he's not necessarily on the best doors, but he gets the best out of them.
1: Yeah, and it's not it's not always easy to tell. Sort of journeyman jockeys like like David Probert, but he was he was um, champion apprentice, wasn't he, or, or runner up in the, in the apprentice championship back in the day. And he's
2: yeah.
1: uh, he's a very tidy jockey. He just he's you know by definition, he rides a lot of twenty to one, twenty five to one shots and handicaps. And by and if you're doing that all the time, you're going to struggle to get a strike rate that's that's higher than six or seven percent. Um, but he's a good jockey to have on side.
0: Yeah, Grow Ferry is eleven to one. That's with Bet three six five. As short as eight to one elsewhere uh, and that brings our Chel- chester i need to Cheltenham, our chester <laughs> uh our chester you got, i got, I got um, chelten them in and you, you i know you couldn't resist it could you yours is deliberate um that brings us to an end of this preview of the week's racing at chester thank you very much to andy and to rory for giving us their selections and sharing their thoughts with us around what should be a cracking week's racing please do subscribe to the odd Checker betting show on all podcast platforms and also Subscribe to our YouTube channel too, where you can find loads of preview content, feature content too. We went down and spent the day at Andrew Balding's yard a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was brilliant. And you can see the videos going up there too. So do subscribe wherever you can. Uh, Do download the AutoChecker app so you can get Andy's tips. Hopefully, we've given you a couple of winners today. But most importantly, please do gamble responsibly.